0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the sports fan, presented by JK Contracting. Ready, now, from the WATH studios,
1: here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joey Medora on this 18th day of January. 6.06 on the clock and 32 degrees and cloudy outside here in Athens, Ohio. But again, it's a sports fan presented by J&K Contracting, and it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, Hopefully you were with us earlier on this evening, as I guess this morning uh, as they were doing the speeches and the performances um, but a nice event that the Multicultural Center held, uh, a couple athletes, heard a wrestler was on there, heard, uh, you know, I, I think the assistant uh, coach for women's basketball was at the, at the helm. She played a big part of this, uh, but a nice event today put on by the Multicultural Center, uh, and again, in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, but right here for the sports fan, of course, uh, you know, we got Trevor calling in. But first, before we get to Trevor, Joey, how are you doing? Uh, doing pretty well, Connor. How about yourself? I uh, you know you had to do a lot of driving
2: this weekend. You did an event back home, but uh, we got you back now, so that's good. Yeah, it's good
1: uh, Good to be back and good to be in the studio and not having to drive all the way around. And, you know, I was driving all day, so I couldn't really listen into the games that much. Normally I would watch it. Normally I would see, you know, what's going on. But I'd just get, like, kind of updates, right? I'd see something had happened. I've I'd, I'd been in a couple group chats, and they'd be texting you know, wow, or or look at that, or whatever it was, Uh, and even Trevor. I mean, Trevor sends me everything, Uh, and we have him on the line right now. And, you know, Trevor, when you had sent wow, I had thought that the Browns had done something, and they had come back against the Chiefs, but lo and behold, they fall 22-17 to Kansas City, and the Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champions, uh, advance, and, you know, are looking at repeats back-to-back years for the first time in the NFL for, uh, you know, quite a while.
3: Yep, and so when I texted you, wow, it's when the Browns fumbled in the end zone on that play that they should have scored on. That was Rashard sure. yes, Higgins, yeah, right? The, so, basically, they did not watch the game, Browns, the Cub pass, though for the end zone, the Chiefs player hit them in the helmet, which there was no flag for helmet-to-helmet contact. The ball fumbles through the side of the end zone, it's ruled an automatic touchback, and the Chiefs get the ball at the at the 20-yard line going the other way. Right, and that's a rule that I think a lot of drew a lot of ire of, uh, of a lot of people
1: because, you know, you're driving, you, you fumble the ball, you lose the ball, now the Chiefs all of a sudden have it.
3: Uh, but that's it's in the rules. That's football. Like, I saw somewhere that the same this rules in there, but it only comes up, like, maybe once or twice a year, or a few years, like, you might only have seven in, like, a certain amount of time, but the rule and the rule book, which you have to follow.
1: Right. They had it in there, and, uh, you yeah, know, I, I saw other people say, you uh, know, only the Browns, right? It only happens to the Browns, but, you know, they did have... Oh, my God. I'm so sick what? of seeing that stuff
2: about that. Uh, it only happens to the Browns, <laughs> where the most miserable, everything that everything could ever go wrong is brown.
1: it's don't fumble the ball at the one yard line, and you know we we won't. Maybe we're not having this conversation. That's true. I mean, if he didn't fumble it, and you know, if Cleveland gets it in, it's probably uh, you know Cleveland advancing, and of course that would hurt you, Trevor, because I know you're a big Kansas City fan. Yep, and
3: I think Cleveland would have taken the lead if they would have scored. The game would have been like single digits.
1: Right, right. Uh, but I think the biggest storyline coming out of that game. Is what happens to star quarterback Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes had to go out with injury and he was, uh, I think it was confirmed that he did, he was concussed. Uh, so now you know the next game against the Bills, uh, him playing or not could be in jeopardy. So what happened was
3: basically, there's two stories on the field. He took a first on a few plays earlier. He stubbed his toe and it, he he played limping. Then he takes a hit from the back of his head, which got gets up. Musi immediately is taken to the tent into protocol. Then we see. Then the cameras show him running to the into the locker for the tunnel. Guess today, Monday, and Chiefs coach Andy Reid says that he didn't know, uh, does not know if Patrick Mahomes would clear NFL protocol in time to play. Next Sunday in an AFC Championship game, but said that he felt uh, that Patrick Mahomes felt well enough to have returned in a divisional game. So that means it's most likely not concussion because if you would not feel like well enough to, if you had a concussion,
1: right? So concussion protocols knocked him out of the game, but just you know, it, it, he didn't. I don't want to say test positive, but. You know, he, he didn't, uh, I guess, fail whatever test that he has to go through. So, presumably, he could be available against the Bills.
3: Yes. But, in the other words, when, the, when these two teams met up in New York earlier in the year, the Chiefs just ran all over the Bills. So, they didn't. So, you might not need your passing quarterback if that worked earlier.
1: Right. Well, wasn't Clyde Edwards-Elaire also out?
3: Yes, he, at least he did not play. He was not
1: active this week, but I'm not sure about next week. Just correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Edwards-Hilaire was leading them in rushing. I know they have Le'Veon Bell, uh, but Bell, you know, from what I saw, again, he was on the Jets and uh, you know, that whole falling out. But uh, you know, he's still a good player, but I, I guess he hasn't performed up to what you know he has in the past with, with the Steelers.
3: Yep, and that might be that. Even though they are mid-season, they're trying to get him active role. He wanted to go to the Chiefs where he could win, but it's not showing on the field like he did in Pittsburgh when he was more of a part of their every-game plan.
1: Right. Yeah, it's hard to take a year off and come back and try to do something like that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And even you saw in the game yesterday, I think a lot of people thought uh, – that Bell would have kind of a more prominent role when, uh, when, when he was able to take over. But as you saw, if you watched the game yesterday between Cleveland and, uh, and Kansas City, it was Williams who was getting, you know, most of, most of the carries in, in the big situations. He was gashing the Browns at times. And Bell, I mean, they try to get him involved in the passing game a little bit and things like that, but he has not really played the role that I, I think a lot of people thought he would when they
3: brought him in. Another person he went down on, and- the game on Sunday was Brown, was Browns Garrett number ninety five, basically their best defensive player. So you have the chief as a backup quarterback, where everyone says that oh the Browns could have just tried. You should beat a backup. They have the backup in, but they start start with your best defensive player out. It makes it more difficult. Right. Right.
1: Uh, moving on, you said you had something about the MLB. I know it's not even time for spring training yet, but what do you
3: have in baseball news? For well, MLB, it's spring training. So the commissioner has said has informed teams to prepare for a full ring training in a full regular season, so 162 games. Well, that's we good. I think I uh, – yes. I wonder if we going to have –
1: Go ahead, Trevor.
3: So, basically, the article by CBS Sports went on to say, talked about fans, basically, that they used the World Series as an experiment, and they said that they're going to not, like, have nationwide fan requirements, but it's going to be city-on-city, site, local health department, things just like the rest of the sports leagues. But Mm -hmm. they also said They also mentioned that uh, effectiveness of a nationwide vaccine effort could increase the likelihood of more fans in each stadium. Then they also said a couple of rule requirements is that the the doubleheaders, the two games on a single day, will each be played at seven inning games, which that came out last week. The extra runner and extra innings, that was in – Last season is expected to come back, and uh, there will be no universal DH in 21. That's what? Oh, there's not the going to be. H. There's not going to be a universal DH. That's what USA Today was
1: reporting. See, and, that's and to, that to me, I mean, how do you put the DH in the NL last year and you don't come back and put the DH in the NL this year, like and teams are trying to plan for it yeah if there's a
2: pandemic or not i shouldn't have really affected uh, if they uh decided to switch up the rules i thought that was going to be a thing that would that would uh stick but uh i guess uh according to trevor and
1: usa today that's not the the way they're going to go with that one and the thing that i'm i'm crazy about and i you heard me (laughs) yell and scream about it over the summer but i want it reversed i'll take the dh but i don't want this runner on second base to start the extra innings I'm not about – I don't want to see, you know, just a random base runner, whoever made the last out in the ninth, you know, get a free base and and go on second. Uh, I, personally, I mean, the Mets lost a couple games that way, so I, I wasn't too happy about it then. But now, I mean, the whole point, right, you got to earn your way onto the base paths. So I don't like giving this free pass. You know, I'd, I'd rather see a good quality 18-inning game rather than just have some guy stand on second and – uh you know, you bunt him over to third, and then you, whatever it is, you get him in, sack fly or you know, ground out or whatever it is. I mean, that, it just makes it so much easier to score. And it puts unnecessary pressure on the pitcher. I mean, the pitcher didn't put that guy there. It's not on him, but I don't know. I don't, I don't like the guy on second base to start extra innings. That's the one rule that I – I was fine with everything else. They added a man to the 25-man roster – you put the DH in the NL, but I draw the line at putting a guy on second base in extra innings.
3: I agree, too, because, if because of, for high school and youth, it's fine, but Major League, these guys like a play to play the game and one their part of playing the game with strategy, and you should try, you need to hit the ball, hit your way on. The other thing about it is, the commissioner, last three years, which the article basically says is kind of what Connie says, is his whole point was about trying to speed up the game because the games were getting too long, plus TV was pushing for faster games as well. So this is what, one of the ways they're trying to speed up the game by ending the games early.
1: And maybe Joey would know this answer, or maybe you would know it, Trevor, but, you know, Compare the baseball game to like a football game, right? From broadcast start to finish, how long does a, a football game last, right? I mean, you can go through and it's timed and everything, but just for the the pregame and the whole you know airtime that it takes, start of the football game until the end of the football game for a broadcast, television broadcast, or radio broadcast, how long would that
3: last? Um, I would say close to no, it might be similar because if we're talking MLB and and NFL, probably three to three and a half hours, at least somewhere in there, I think.
1: And why are we not yelling and screaming to shorten NFL games? I mean, if it lasts the same length, why is it that baseball is, oh, it's too long, it's too boring, whatever it is. Just do a better job of marketing the sports. Don't try to change it. You know, change a couple rules here or there, maybe add an extra person here, put the DH in the NL, whatever. But, you know, to, to fundamentally just put a free guy, free runner on second base, like I, I don't agree with that. You could throw a no-hitter and still lose. You walk the next couple guys or, uh, you know, a ground out or whatever. That's happening, uh, that's fly Kanye. Yeah. I got, I, again, as a baseball fan, I don't like just giving a guy a free base. Did the article, Trevor, talk about what the spring training plan
2: is going to be? Because, I mean, half the teams go to Arizona, half the teams go to Florida. And obviously, uh, Florida is really a place right now that's uh, not really – I mean, a lot looser on the, on the COVID guidelines. So are they still going to plan on going down to Florida and places like
3: that for spring training, or will they be at, like, home ballparks instead? My understanding is that this is from not this article, but from what I'm hearing earlier – in the year, is that teams will go to the spring training site, but, they, but no, they can only be there a certain amount of time. So it's not like players in the past have came early to stay in the clubhouses, week over there, and stuff. My understanding is that you go there for only practice games, which games would be limited fans and no fans to begin with, and then you get out of there, so no one's going to be – So they're going to limit access to the the facilities. Most of these, I know the Kansas City Royals and the Texas Rangers, they share a spring training site. So I think scheduling-wise, either they're going to be playing at different times or they're going to not be at the same site due to COVID and health reasons at the same time. Right. So, again, we'll see what happens.
1: I'm hoping for a 162-game season. I think with everything that they did last year, you know, follow the blueprints there and uh, you know, get a baseball season up and going, and hopefully fans can be in the stadium. Uh, shifting over to the Bulldogs now, Trevor. I was, of course, uh, out on Saturday and uh, had to have Logan. I think Logan did a good job filling in on the broadcast there, but uh, it was a tough loss for Athens and, you know, just hearing from it, it sounded like a pretty good game.
3: Both games were good. The JV game went into three overtimes with Athens winning 58 to fifty-eight. I think it was a tenth in this second game. Athens lost by, I want to say, Athens lost by four, but they had a chance at doing it. Both games were very, like, physical, back and forth, very intense between Athens and Trimble
1: over the weekend. The Tomcats won the varsity Yang Right, 60 uh, Yeah, sixty to 56. Um, but it seemed like, you know, Guffey was taking over, and we know how tremendous of an athlete that Guffey is. It uh, seemed like Whiting was doing a good job. Uh, you know, and It seemed like a couple of missed threes. I mean, Matters hit a couple of big threes. I think Sayers hit one in the fourth. I mean, he always hits one in the fourth. Um, but it was really Whiting who was powering this team through. Uh, and he's getting close to a thousand points, isn't he, Trevor?
3: I believe so. I have him at seven forty-two right now, but there's been talk that we need to verify that before anything becomes like official, right?
1: Because they still have a lot of games left in the season. I'm not sure, you know, how many points. Yeah, you know, I was a wrestler. I wasn't a basketball player, so I don't know how many, uh, you know, points you can average during a season. But I mean, it seems. You, know, you, you tack on a couple points here or there, maybe you get another 30-point game or something. Uh, it's a long way to go, but you have enough games here left in the season to maybe become a 1,000-point scorer.
3: Yes, he's currently averaging like nearly 20 points per game. So if you basically keep that up, and then he may have a shot. Yeah, and, of
1: course, Bulldogs right now are at 7-6, and 5-0 and oh in the TVC, Ohio. And, uh, again, they fell to the TVC Hawking-leading uh, Trimble Tomcats. Uh, the big game, and I don't know if you have anything about the game coming up on Thursday, and it will be a little bit of a, a preview for the Bulldogs because they'll see the uh, Lancers on Saturday. and um, We'll have the Trimble and Hawk game over on Power 105. But, um, you know, what, do you, what can you tell uh, any preview for the Tomcat and uh, Hawk? Game coming up on Thursday?
3: It's going to be a ranked matchup. Fed Hawk was ranked 15th in today's c 4 coaches uh AP high school pool, and Trimble was 11th. So it's a top 15 matchup. Both both teams, I think, Trimble's playing four games this week, and I think this, this is a makeup game from last week, is my understanding. And I think if Trimble. Basically, Duffy is going to be the main squire. So
1: for Fed Hawk, they have to stop Duffy for Trimble. Fans, you want Duffy to go off. right? And I know Joey's seen Fed Hawk a couple times this season. I think I've seen Trimble. Uh, I don't know if I've I've seen Trimble yet because we had Logan cover that game. But still, uh, Joey, what can you tell us about you know, that Fed Hawk team? Because they had a couple guys out. They had um, you know, a couple guys injured, whether it be through quarantine or through injury. Um, but what do you think is going to happen between, you know, Trimble and Fedhawk coming yeah, up on Thursday? I mean, it's an interesting matchup. If I, if
2: I after the first few weeks of, or first few games, of say the season, I, I thought watching both Fedhawk was the better all-around team. I thought they were the deeper team for certain. I mean, Fedhawk in the game, we saw them play against Eastern. I mean, they went up, it seemed like, you know, 10 deep off the bench. And that was even before they started to really blow that game open the way they did. And, uh, you know, it's... It's interesting. I but just Fed Hawk just having to sit out a couple times now due to COVID. Haven't played uh, as many games in conference as Trimble has. As you can already see, Trimble has a commanding, you know, they're both undefeated, but Trimble has three more conference games than Federal Hawking. Federal Hawking, they like the running gun. They want to get up the floor fast and get a lot of fast break points. They play tough defense. And Trimble's kind of been the same way at times this year as well. And uh, I don't know. I think this is the most extreme, like starting fives for both teams. I think this is the two best in this area when it comes to, uh, you know, just talent-wise. But Federal Hawking they got a couple of young guys coming off, freshmen that have played some significant minutes due to injuries, like you mentioned, and things like that. And we haven't even seen them at full strength on this season yet. They've had a couple injuries lingering throughout the season, whereas Trimble has pretty much had everybody throughout the season. They were missing a couple guys the very first game. But uh, since then, they've been pretty much full strength. So it's an interesting matchup. I think they, I th- I mean, I think they play very similar styles of ball, honestly. That's why it's, uh, it's such a tough one to call.
1: Well, that'll be exciting. Of course, a little bit of a preview for the Bulldogs as that game will be, I believe, we're going to put that game on Power 105 on Saturday. Uh, so Athens-Fedhawk on Saturday over on 105. Um, but yeah, should be a good one. Should be a, a little bit of an insight to see what happens on Saturday. Uh, and Trevor, before we let you go, what else you got for us? Uh, anything Bulldog-related? Yeah, so high school district
3: basketball tournament stuff. Basically, the section there will be no convo games. And the, this, and the highest, so first round through the district semifinals will all be at campus sites. The highest seed will be the designated home team and will we'll host the games. This, is, has, this has been done at smaller divisions for the sectional round, but now they're expanding it through the district semifinal this year. And then district final and regionals, District final is going to be at neutral site, and that's run by the your the Southeast District for most of us in this area. The OHSA to say say that regional games are going to be played at neutral sites in the final four in Columbus, which and they the say runs those two tournaments.
1: Sounds good. Well, that's uh, coming up right around the corner. Uh, of course, what is that going to be in May? No, uh, sometime in February, right middle of February, for these sectional games to start up.
3: Yes, and those games, my from my understanding, they're trying to confirm this. But I think the scheduling for the sectional games might be a bit off. Like you might have two weeks, is what I'm hearing, and then the district dates will not change. But
1: gotcha. Well, something to keep our eyes on and and see what's going to go on, because uh, you do have a lot of cancellations, a lot of postponements that you got to fit in, and the more games, the better, right? Yeah. Well, Trevor, we appreciate you calling in. Always good to hear from you, and uh, I guess we'll be talking on the other side as uh, you know, a couple away games for the Bulldogs. We'll see you at the next home one. Yep. Uh, thanks again, Trevor. Yeah, that was Trevor Stevens, Athens Statistician. We'll step aside for a break as you're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH.
0: Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into to the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH.
4: Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970-WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth show. Well, it's really not it's the, Kim the Kim and Ruth show. show.
0: It's really... <laughs> Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at
2: 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy
0: living.
4: But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen.
0: You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH.
1: And back inside for the Sports Fan right here on the 97s at WATH. Mel's the mic alongside Joey Medor, and, of course, taking it up until 7 o'clock today. Sports Fan presented by uh, J&K Contracting and still pretty cold outside, 31 degrees and cloudy. Had to wipe the jambulance off. It was uh, uh, it was snowed last night. I didn't anticipate it snowing. Maybe I just didn't take a yeah. look at the weather. Some of it actually stuck for a change, too. Yeah, um, but the roads were fine. I mean, I was driving a little bit this this, uh, you know, weekend, and I'll tell you, Joey, you know, Maryland, when you get to the outskirts, I know you're from, you know, Baltimore area or wherever, you know, once you get, you know, further away from Baltimore, the roads get a little bit slippery out as in you're the mountains. taking out there. Yeah. yeah, it gets cold out there. It does. Made it safely, though. No scratches, no mm. dings. There you go. But it, people just forget how to drive when the snow starts. I mean, they're just slipping, they're sliding, and, uh, you know, they're not... Just Just drive, you know, at least... If you're not gonna drive, get over to the to the right lane. Just let, drive. Yeah, just let me pass you on on the left right, there. Right, right. If the roads are fine, you know, I'll, I'll just sneak around you to the left. Yeah, some people are inconsiderate, you know. Yeah, but you know, you got people going slow either way. Uh, so that that's what I do with my weekend. But of course, you know, everybody else was probably listening to the uh, the Browns game, and I mean, it seemed like it was a pretty pretty good game. Um, you know, last when I checked in, what was it like seventeen to three? Early on in the ball game, and then it seemed like the Browns were trying to make a second-half comeback. And uh, then Chad Henne comes into the game after mm. Mahomes comes out with a concussion, and the Browns still uh, could not mount a comeback and, and get back into that one. The defense for the Chiefs held, and the final 22 to 17. You know, Browns losing uh, in the playoffs, and yeah, overall, I'd still say it's a, a successful season for the Browns. You made it to the postseason, you won a playoff game. And now you have to build upon this and continue to win, uh, not only this year but years to come. That's what you get if you want to be a sustained winner, right? Yeah, I mean, with this
2: game, uh, it was interesting. I mean, it 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 was you know Browns are going to out game by you know 200, 250 yards in the first half before they kind of put that last drive together uh, that ended up in the fumble at the one yard line. But um, so it was it was kind of uncharacteristic of the of the uh, of the Chiefs. They got a couple of touchdowns early, but. Cleveland was really holding the field goals for most of the game and forcing them to to take three, and Bucker actually missed a kick in the third quarter. They kinda kinda kept the Browns hanging around there. I mean, early on it looked like Mahomes was going to be able to you know, slice them and dice them the whole game. I mean, Kelsey was getting open, Hill was getting open. They were getting Hardman going on some uh on some jet sweeps outside and he was gashing them for for big gains. It, it looked like the Browns were outmatched. They really did. They weren't really doing too much offensively, but you know, the momentum all changed. Mahomes goes out, and all of a sudden you get that glimmer of hope, and then you get you, you get the, you know, you hear oh it's a concussion. I mean, as soon as he got up, you could tell. I mean, he was he was definitely woozy coming off the field in that game yesterday. And then you know Chad Henney comes in, they hold him to a field goal on that drive, but then you know, Cleveland kind of got that kind of got that life, and they were able to make it a touchdown game. They were able to get the ball back again, and I it was interesting. They punted with like four minutes left to give the ball back to Kansas City. I don't know if it was the right move. It was fourth and eight. It wasn't, you know, a guaranteed first down. We're not talking about a quarterback sneak or anything like that. But I just feel with the offense, even without Mahomes, there are so many weapons on the offense to give them the chance to to, to salt the game away
1: themselves. I don't know if it was the best decision there. But And, that, and just so, to, to jog my memory, because I was looking at it a little bit, you know, as, as you're getting the updates driving, that was fourth and eight on Cleveland's own 22. Like they were pinned really far back in their own uh on side of the field, yeah, right? I mean, I don't know if it was a 22, but they the were little, on their side
2: of the field for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was around the 22. I mean, I, it could be two different plays, but around like four minutes left in the ball game, fourth quarter, you know. And I, in the back of my mind, when I saw that. It was fourth that, and nine from their own 32 okay, with four 32. minutes left. But still, I mean,
2: pretty yeah wasn't a, it, it was, done. Oh, yeah, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a give me first down, but at that point, I mean, even if you give them the ball right there, if you get them to go three and out, it's not a guaranteed field goal. Or they still got to get a first down. I don't know. I, just with how, they would, how they've been running the ball so effectively. And, I mean, you know, Cleveland should have got the ball back. They had a f- third and frickin' 15, and they let Chad Henney run for 14 yards. <laughs> and almost get himself. And then uh, just, uh, you know, just a gutsy play call by Andy Reid going to the pass on fourth and one with your backup quarterback in. But, I mean, it was the right call. Hill was wide open. I mean, he could have walked it out there and handed it to him. I mean, that's how... Wide open he was, and I uh, ended up working out. But I don't know. I just, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to punt there. You, know, you kind of have the momentum. You just got to stop right. on defense. They just converted one-fourth down a couple of plays earlier. It's a tough decision, I understand, because if, you know, you're pretty much, you're 100% done if you, if you don't punt. But uh, the defense hadn't exactly been a stone wall yesterday. Even when Henny came in, I mean, even on the drives, one of them, I believe it was a missed field goal. And the other one, they moved the ball a little bit, but got set back on some sacks. And uh, that's how Cleveland got the ball back. So it's not like your defense played outstanding in that game. So I don't know if, I, if, I wanted to, if I'm going to go down, I don't know if I want to go down with my defense on the field
1: against the Chiefs offense. Right. I mean, you want to, again, you're supposed to have this quote-unquote high-powered offense, right, with Chubb and uh, Hill and you know Mayfield, who's starting to come into his own a little bit. Yeah, got 204 yards. Still not, I mean, 23 at 37. Yeah, so, he, he, didn't so have a, he didn't have a great game. It, it, was, it wasn't anything special.
3: Did uh, not played very
1: well. Yeah. Uh, interception, one touchdown pass. Uh, and then, of course, Chubb, uh, you know, went to running back, and then Lantry and, um, you, know, you, you know, the wide receivers. But, you know, I think against the Chiefs, you know, you need a little bit more out of your offense there. The Chiefs don't really have a stout defense. Uh, I mean you the held least, Kansas City to even when Mahomes is still
2: in there, they were only at nineteen. I mean it was midway through the third quarter. But right. I mean your defense did enough to win
1: the ball game. Yeah, no, I mean I think the offense is what failed. Keeping the that team tonight. to
2: twenty two points, absolutely. I think if people that thought the Browns could win this game thought it was gonna be, you know, like 41-38 or something, the Browns offense is gonna have to have a, you know, a spectacular performance and they just didn't. I mean, Chubb and Hunt both had it was just another weird situation. I mean, they kinda got behind and had to get to throw in the ball, but it was a, you know, both their running backs averaged five a carry and they only gave them the ball 19 times. Mayfield threw the ball 37 times. And, you know, once they scored that touchdown in the third quarter, that made it, uh, that made it 19 to 10. I mean, you're not, you're not, you don't have to get away from your run game at that point. And they kind of did, but Chubb was gashing them. And I, I saw people tweeting run the ball cause that they couldn't stop it at that point. But they just wanted to, they dropped back a few too many times, I think, and you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, yeah, I think it's a successful season. I said once they want, want, I mean, just them getting to the playoffs, I think was enough to make this year, you know, make this year worth it. And then you go in and stop the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs. Okay, well, I mean, I mean that's just the, the cherry on top. Everything else right. is, everything else is, you know, a bonus from this point out. And uh, you know, I I didn't expect them to go in and pick beat Kansas City. As a matter of fact, I picked Kansas City to cover on. Uh, uh, Friday when we did the picks and of course they didn't for a, like a ninth straight <laughs> week because you Kansas never cover the spread.
1: You picked them to cover and they you told me that they never cover the spread.
2: I know. I talked myself out of it last. uh I saw something like ninety percent of the teams that win in the divisional round also cover the spread, and I was like, well, I think Kansas City's going to win. So
1: well, just uh, stay with your gut feeling.
2: I yeah. mean, you got I the did, good yeah. gut feeling I there. I did. I did out. I did outthink myself on that one. I will admit. I will admit. I should have stuck to my guns, but. I mean, I was looking good. It was 19-3. to three and My uh, homes went out.
1: Yeah. But, again, you have to anticipate something going wrong. Again, if they haven't covered in however long. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they, they don't like doing it. Right. They win the ball game. They, the Chiefs win. And that that's more than, you know, my team. That's more than, I mean, the Browns. It's more than, you know, the Bengals, um, you know, 22-17. to 17. They get the job done. They win those close games. Um you know the other one, and this is before I left. But we were talking about it on, I think Friday. You said, you know, your picks, and it was the Saints and Bucks. And as soon as you said that you picked the Saints, I'm like, man, that is difficult to beat a team three times in a season. And lo and yeah. behold, well, the third time goes for Tom Brady and the Bucks. Drew Brees had him in the regular season two and zero, but Brady in the postseason always comes through.
2: Listen, Drew Brees lost him the game. I, that's, I, I, can't, I can't anticipate him throwing three interceptions in the fourth <laughs> quarter. I, you know, what am I? I mean, he was terrible. I literally, I think, and you're not going to bench him because he's going to Hall of Fame. He's 41 years old. You want to see a bowl with him. I think there was a time in that game where Jameis Winston would have gave him a better chance to win.
1: I think Jameis Winston, all right, who gets a quarterback? Let's say that Drew Brees is done. He's called it a career. He's a Hall of Famer. We all know he's a Hall of Famer. Let's say that you know, he's done. He goes into the broadcast booth next year. Who takes over as quarterback of the New Orleans Saints? Well, I saw the clip of uh Breeze saying to, to Jameis after the game, this is your
2: team now and all that. So I don't know. I mean they use Taysom Hill when, when Breeze is out this year. Um I don't know. I mean Sean Payton seems to really like whatever Taysom Hill brings to the table. I don't I don't think he has the arm to win them consistent win consistently in the nfl i really don't he's yeah. just an
1: unconventional quarterback pick
2: yeah it's it yeah could, i don't know it's weird i feel like pleads- you get you get more out of him from not playing him a quarterback because of all the other stuff he can do anyway
1: right i mean either way i mean he's he could be a tight end he could be a wide receiver he could be your running back he could be your fullback i mean he could do anything you ask of him on any other position and he can play quarterback i mean he could be your backup quarterback but why is your backup quarterback also on special teams, also right. doing, like, it's just, it's a weird way to run Taysom Hill. Now, Hill has won them a couple games in the season, but I was just surprised that, you know, Winston wasn't, you know, the first guy to, to get the call when, you know, Drew Brees was out with, what was it, a rib or he, he got hit yeah, somewhere? Rib injury, yeah. yeah, rib injury. Yeah, rib injury. So I, I was surprised that he was not the guy that went out there and took over the team, and I think that he should be the guy moving forward. He's still young. I mean, I harped on it back then, but, you know, he got the LASIK eye surgery, so now he knows who's the offense and who's the defense. That's right. I don't think he's— that a he's, new man. He threw a, touch, he threw a 50-yard
2: touchdown. Now the guy was right, right open. I could have made the throw with my right hand, I think. But Right. Um, but either
1: way, I mean, you know that Winston has you know the talent. Now it's just going out there and, and giving him the chance. Yeah. And that Saints offense yeah. and with, you know, the coach that they got. I think that they could be a pretty good team still moving forward. That's more to say than I don't know about the Steelers, because I think the Steelers are are in a little bit of trouble. They're in a mess. They, they cannot. Big Ben. I he's a Hall of Fame quarterback as well. You got a lot of good quarterbacks right now. You you know, you got you know, Brady who's going to be a Hall of Famer. You got Breeze who's going to be a Hall of Famer. You got uh, Philip Rivers, who you know somebody said that I think it was Jim Rome or somebody said that he's going to be a Hall of Famer, and you know maybe he does have the numbers for it. Uh, of course, you got Eli. I mean, this was a, a yeah. Good Rivers h- is top ten in a lot of categories, so yeah, I mean, he'll probably get in there. He's a stack compiler, but uh, he's never won you know a Super Bowl before. Uh, you know, Eli Manning, a Hall of Famer. I mean, he he was part of you know this kind of class, and of course, you know Peyton Manning. I mean, you had a lot of good quarterbacks coming up. Uh, and going through in, in this era of football. But now, you know, Big Ben's getting old. You know, Breeze is on the verge of retiring. If he doesn't do it this season, yeah, I think he's he'll done. do it. He
2: shouldn't come back. Someone should tell him, yeah, you're yeah. done, man. You can't Go go get the NBC contract. I saw enough yesterday. He, uh, It looks like he's throwing a medicine ball. <laughs>
1: he really does. Yeah. I, yeah. And so, it was the NBC contract. Because I was talking to my dad the other day, and I was trying to figure out where he would go. Because he's going to be... What does he replace, Chris Collinsworth? Yeah, I don't know what the uh, what their plans are for him. I, I, Three
2: man booth? Maybe, maybe they could go to that. I don't know. We'll see. Right, but, uh, maybe
1: Collinsworth is on the way out. I don't know. I don't know what the what the whole situation is there. I don't know. I mean, I, I would be surprised if they kick Collinsworth to the side because him and, and uh, Al Michaels do a nice job on the broadcast. Yeah, I mean, some people don't like him very much. Collinsworth, not oh, Collinsworth. Collinsworth. What's wrong? With, what's wrong with him? I don't
2: particularly have a problem with him. I think he uh, he can be a little annoying at times, I think. But it, overall, I mean, there's guys that are much more annoying than he is.
1: <laughs> so he just it, – it's Joey's rank of annoying announcers. Yeah, pretty and, much. And, uh, you know, Collinsworth is not high on that list. No, no, no. He's on the list, but he's not high on the list. Yeah, no, I can
2: I can tolerate uh, the Sunday Night Football broadcast.
1: Yeah. And, uh, again, I think they work well together. I mean, what is it, the, the slide-in that everybody just – right year's about yep um but maybe it's uh maybe it's drew Brees sliding in next year uh who knows what what he's going to do he should he retire yes unless something happens where he can throw the ball a little bit better next year or he does some kind of training he goes over at tom brady's house and they do whatever routine that brady (laughs) has done he does not look like he's 40 i mean i'll tell you that i mean i thought brady might have been done after last year with the patriots but i think he's proven a lot of people wrong uh, yeah, I mean he didn't play particularly great yesterday, but you know
2: they're in the they're in the NFC Championship game,
1: so right. he's in there. He's uh, again he's leading that team uh, to another deep postseason run. But we got to take a break. We'll uh, we'll be right back on the Sports on the other side. Your phone calls and more. Some 6646 It's the Sports Fan on nine seventy and ninety seven point one FM W A T H.
4: These days, we're all doing a lot more virtually. Which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe, expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a thousand trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealthcom health. Steak and Shake
0: thanks our community for patronizing our restaurant and supporting local business. You can visit Steak and Shake's drive-thru or order online for delivery and carry out at SteakAndShake.com. We'll even bring it out to you with our curbside service. Enjoy delicious breakfasts, burgers, shakes, fries, and more. Open 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. Call 740-592-2005 or visit us online at SteakAndShake.com. Be sure to sign up for our rewards club for even more deals. Steak and Shake, 941 East State Street, NA. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on classic hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Local teams, local opinions, The Sports Fan, on 970
1: WATH. Sports Fan, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mosley, Michael, Joe Medor, and of course, Sports Fan, Monday through Friday, 6.06 to 7. And then you got a classic caravan before us, and then... Uh, Liz has been manning the midday shift right here in the 97s. And before that, you got party line and you got you know, a whole bunch of things right here on, uh, on WATH. But, you know, the, uh, the one guy that I left out when I was mentioning all the quarterbacks, and maybe I didn't think he was old enough, but I knew that he was old and he's getting up there. And I didn't think that this guy, what, what is it, love that they drafted? They try to replace Aaron Rodgers with. And Rodgers is still looking pretty good. But Aaron Rodgers is probably within that Hall of Fame class as well. Probably, he is. What do you mean, probably? Some well, people say they think he's the most talented guy ever played a position. So you got just to look at the quarterbacks, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Bobcats. But you got, you know, Roethlisberger. You've got two Mannings. I think both Mannings make it into the Hall of Fame. You've got Brady. You've got Breeze, and you've got. Uh, did I start? Did I say Rodgers or no? Did I? No, you didn't. So now you got Rodgers and Phillip Rivers. Yeah, it's a lot Mike, of
2: guys from that era that are, uh, I would say, have a pretty good shot. I mean, it makes sense that we've, you know, the, the numbers have spiked. I mean, the, the amount of times a team's have thrown over the past decade has, you know, gone up so much, especially, I mean, a guy like Roethlisberger, he threw the ball freaking 50 times a game the past four or five years. But
1: Right. What about, uh, I don't know, what, what is the... Um, Stafford, you think Matt Stafford not, borderline? Not no? currently, no. No, but in top ten, top ten of the league right now. He's never won anything, right? <laughs> Quite I mean, literally. But if you take a look at all the quarterbacks, right, and you 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 go through and you try to figure out, you know, who's the uh, you know top tier quarterbacks in the league. I think Stafford's still you know, within that top ten. Sure, but. Where are we going with this? I I don't don't know. (laughs) I I, I was just trying to figure out any other quarterbacks kind of within that error. Of course, Mahomes, well, on his way to doing that, you know, the, uh, I don't know who else. I mean, Lamar Jackson, if he keeps on uh, performing the way that he does and leading in in just winning flat out, just winning with, with the Ravens, um, I would always be a a plus, Mm -hmm. Um, but either way, Bobcats right now the uh on Saturday was listening in mari Bannister on the call and uh you know Bobcats fell to Kent State and that was a game. This is really the time of the area that you you got to go out there and you got to start you know winning these conference games and trying to get yourself on top of the standings um you know there's still a lot of games left, but now you know it's it's getting to that point where you got to start turning these losses into wins and uh, Bobcats are a little bit struggling at this point, even with Preston back on the court. Yeah, I'm starting to get a little concerned about this
2: team, Connor, because you know, c- congrats, you can beat Miami, you can just squeak by a win against Northern Illinois, who just lost their coach. They just just got by that team, who they have coming up tomorrow. But it's just like looking at the, what they do against you know the top teams in the conference. They gave up 90 points to Akron. You have 83 to Bowling Green. You have 95 to Toledo, and then on Saturday you have 89 to Kent State. They just—it's uh, so far in the Big Conference games against the top or the top, I guess you'd say half of the MAC—they they just get lit up on de- defensively. To say the least. And Toledo didn't even knock down a bunch of threes. They shot less than 40 percent from behind the arc, but they, they shot 57 percent from the field. That helps out for sure. But they just in these games against the, these these. You know the better teams in the Mac they've just really struggled, and I think it's it's starting to become more of a trend than just a uh, and yeah, there's just it's it's tough they they can't really seem to get everybody getting getting you know having their best night at the same time. It's one night Roderick will have twenty, but the next night he has five and then you know and then a guy like sears on on uh in that Toledo game you pulled up he had twenty he really broke out, right. but it's they didn't really have the – support from anybody else, and it was like, oh, okay, well, Preston's not playing. Well, Preston was back on Saturday, and they, they again, just, they just felt, they came up short, that they just, they can't keep
1: up with it. The, they just get outscored. Right, and I was going to say, you know, and, and bring up the point, you know, yes, I mean, Preston was out. Uh, that's why, you know, maybe, and he facilitates the ball so well. I mean, he, he almost averages a double-double every game that he's out there. He gets a lot of assists. Uh, you know, he, he's starting to fill up the basket, He's starting to, you know, really look like a, a guy who can be drafted. And you know, listening into the pregame, you know, the uh Kent State coach was, was saying, Yeah, I mean, Preston's on a couple of these NBA draft boards. I mean, he's a guy who could go to the league. And that would be great. I think he's got the talent to go to the league. Uh but the big thing here is, you know, now you gotta get the rest of the guys going. You know, and having him out against that Toledo game, yeah, probably hurt. Uh, but you know Sears also had five assists, had twenty points. You didn't lose any production at the point guard spot right. when Sears came in and Preston w- went out. You lost a little bit, but you didn't lose a whole lot. No. You know, I mean, it might be you know a little drop, but still, you know, you, you got to get a little bit more out of uh, you got to get a little bit more out of your bench. Uh, you got to get a little bit deeper. I think I like the way that uh, Dwight Wilson the third has been playing. I mean, Wilson has done a tremendous job. I, I think this season going in. Um, you know, been an improvement from last year to this year, um, and we'll, we'll see what the Bobcats do because I think this team can turn it around. They can get better. I don't. Um, I haven't. Wait, I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, I know they have the. They're in a, a funk right now. Right, but you got to get Vander Plaus going. You got to get uh, you know Preston back and fully healthy, and, and you know he seemed like he was. They um, 23 and 10 on Saturday. Yeah, 23 for Preston. Twenty four for Vanderplas but you didn't have anybody else in double digits. So we'll see. And we got a caller calling in uh to the sportsman. Caller, you are live. Hey, what's going on, John Connor? Hey. It's Brad. What's Brad doing?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: um sorry I couldn't make fan had stuff going on, but uh we're going on the Bobcats in sense of urgency, you also have to look that this isn't gonna be a recruiting thing for Jeff Boles too. I mean year two, there's a lot of expectations that the team was going to compete at the top of the MAC, mm-hmm. and clearly they just haven't. So as far as the recruiting standpoint, it's going to be hard for Bowles, unless this team figures it out and they finish and make a run to at least, I think, the team has to make it to the semifinals in the MAC tournament if they make it to the MAC tournament. Um, if not, I think it's going to be hard for to, for Bowles to convince recruits that he can turn a, a program around fully like Ohio, it, it just based off the way the season has gone. And I know you guys just said that Point guard production hasn't necessarily dropped off with Jason Preston, but moving forward, they need production out of other guys, and it's going to be tough to get some of those top talents at, say, a three or a four if you're not winning as much as as really a lot of people around the back would have
1: thought. Right. I mean, this, you got to. Recruiting gets easier when you're winning, and when you're winning big games, exactly. and you're winning rivalry games, and when you. Of course, it helps when you're beating Miami. You know, so maybe you turn a guy's mind if they're thinking about going to Miami or thinking about going to Ohio. Maybe they go to Ohio because they can beat Miami. But, uh, you know, it's still I think Bowles is still getting his guys in. I mean, the, the transfer in, in uh, you know, Dwight Wilson was a big pickup. Um, you know, Sears was a, a Bowles recruit, I believe, and you know, he has looked pretty good. Uh, but still, you know, you, you got to get these guys up and going. I mean, he only had, you know, seven points from Sears off the bench in the last game against Kent State, and uh, Miles Brown only with three. You know, so you're not getting a whole lot of bench production, and you're getting a whole lot of production out of Ben Vanderplas and Preston, but outside of those guys, nobody else was in double digits. I mean, you got to get you know, a little bit more consistent scoring efforts from a couple um, and, and really hold the top teams down defensively. And I think I still have belief in Jeff Bowles. I know that he can do it. It's only his second year here. So, you know, you got to give him some time. Yeah, you know, to implement his offense and implement his guys and see what they can really do. Um, but still, you know, I think recruiting will be all right. Um, we'll, well, again, see how they finish out this year and see what they do next year.
4: Yeah, I think so. Appreciate the time guys and have a, have a great rest of your show.
1: Thanks, Brad. So it was good to hear from Brad. He's, uh, of course was doing the event over on WXDQ earlier today.
2: Yep. Dropping bombs out here. Um, yeah, I, I agree with them. I don't know. It's, it, you know, when your top two players combine for, for just like, just looking at it for 47 points like they did, it, just to come out of a loss by 10, I mean, that's they get, like, Rod, Roderick's the, the big one. If they can get Roderick going where he's knocking down three, four, five threes every game, they're going to be all right. Because in the games where he's scoring, you know, 18 points and up, they win, usually. They play pretty well when, when he's doing well. McDay, even, early on in the season, McDay was getting, you know, he was averaging double figures. He's kind of faded away a little bit. They need those two guys to step up, and if they do, they can become that much more potent. But right now, they just they just can't really keep up with these with these top-tier uh, teams in the MAC. I mean, you know, we were supposed to be, you know, Akron was such a great team last year, but they lost so many seniors. We were supposed to be, you know, more mature than them this year, and, you know, they beat us by 20, and it's just, uh, it's it's a little frustrating right now because we we hear about all this talent that we have. You know, you kind of go through some growing pains last year with uh, with guys like you know you have Roderick who's hurt a lot, but he's a freshman that would had to start in Preston and Vanderplas. It was their first year getting extended minutes because they didn't really play that much their uh, first year with uh, with with Saul Phillips. Uh, at the helm. London McDay was getting a lot of minutes, and he was doing great on the defense side. But you thought you went through the growing pains last year, but it seems like they're
1: still kind of lingering into this season. Right. And, and again, they still have some time to turn it around. They still have time to develop. And, of course, I think Preston has arrived. I think Vander you know what you're going to get from him. Uh, But Roderick, you know, again, he had a little bit of an injury, so he's still trying to get going. And the biggest thing, and I heard Marty talk about it, was that, um, you know, against this Kent State team, VanderPlas with four personal fouls, Ben Roderick with four fouls. But Roderick is a little bit more concerning because he was only in the game for 18 minutes. So he's on the court for 18 minutes and picks up four fouls. So you know you have those two guys who, again, you're going to count on Ben Roderick. You're going to count on VanderPlas, and they can't really get in there on the contested shots and, and try to you know do anything on defense because they don't want to risk getting another foul and fouling out of the game. So you know the foul trouble was played a big key in the game against Kent State. And of course, uh, you, know, you you got to get a little bit more production out of your guys. Uh, again, I, I still have confidence in this team. The season is not done or over with by any stretch. I mean, there's only seven games into the conference portion of their season. Uh, I think they have 13, 12 games left, um, but they got to get going. And uh, you know, yeah, it you just, really
2: starts this week and moving forward. You just want to start seeing some some consistency, I think, out, out of out of these guys. You know, like I said. Roderick doesn't have to score 20 a game for them to be good, but even if he gives you 15 a, a night, I mean, that, that would be huge. It's just, you know, they, they have these guys who are playing a little streaky. I mean, Dwight Wilson, he's, he's been one of the best players, but he had a tough night against Kent State, went just three for eight. Um, they can't really seem to put it all together, but they got a couple of win games coming up. They got NIU, they beat already. They got Ball State again, another team they beat already, followed by Western Michigan, and then they got Buffalo, who, I mean, that's going to be another test. So we'll, we'll see, you know, what this next kind of week, week and a half, brings up for him, but uh, you kind of want to see him turn it on sooner rather than later.
1: And I think they will. Uh, again, Bobcats were projected to be at the top of the MAC at the beginning of the season. Couple road bumps. Gotta get the kids healthy and, and ready to go, and I think that uh, Bulls can definitely do that. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Sportsman right here on the 97s at WATH. or Joe Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. Of course, we didn't talk about Blue Jackets come away with a win today against Red Wings. That's a big game uh, for them. Tomorrow, Athens Bulldog basketball comes your way right here, and we'll see you
3: tomorrow. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio.